Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Today we are here to radiate joy with my friend, Classy Alcine. Classy's got quite an impressive resume. Um, she's the Director of Corporate and Community Partnerships for Central Exchange, which is a Kansas City-based women's leadership and networking organization. Classy spent over 10 years of experience in nonprofit leadership, strategic development, and political campaign management. Um, Classy is a graduate of the University of Missouri, Kansas City, like I am. Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and Criminal, Criminal Justice, and has a Master's in Public Administration. Classy is passionate about connecting and empowering people to learn the tools to live a fulfilled life. Classy is an advocate for a myriad of charitable causes, ranging from homeless youth to higher education. And thank you so much for being here. I'm thank just so you. honored to have you here. I'm very excited. I am too. I am like geeking out about joy and about overcoming our personal traumas to find that mm-hmm. joy. And just the more I know know you and know about you, and just I just connect with your story and your mission you. and your purpose. I just love it. So welcome. Thank you. So um, part of your story is that. You had um, kind of a rough background and came to this place of joy and acceptance and just moved through it with such grace. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to be here today. This is not a a point in my life that I've shared publicly, but I'm super excited to share it because it's such a beautiful moment. And I feel that through our pain, we have to share. Yeah. Um, And I was five years old when my father was arrested in front of me. So I am the child of a father that was incarcerated for 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Now, there's been plenty of studies that show that a child whose father or parent has been incarcerated, there's about 5 million plus of us. And I just want to say that there's no shame in that story. Mm -hmm. However, for a very long time, I felt loneliness and um, resentment and anger around it to the point that I would hide and not tell people about my story um, with thinking that they would either judge me or they would think, oh, well, your father was in prison, you know, she will be the same way. And that was a lot of the 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 challenge. Um, and especially uh, my sisters and brothers, who I love them unheartedly, um, but they were also in situations of being juvenile delinquents. And so it was a point where I couldn't really tell people like who my siblings were, who my father was. And so it was just a lot of um, fear wrapped around that. I'm sure. I'm sure. And wondering just about how you're perceived and how, what your true nature is and everything. But 
that does not define you at all. Your story is wonderful. I mean, you're empowering other people. You've made this recovery to joy. And how did you get to that point where you were able to just step out of it and blossom? You know, I think I realized being angry for so many years. Mm. And at some point, you have to think about, why am I still angry? Is this really just my story? Like, Mm -hmm. this happened to me when I was five years old. It was so impactful. But at some point, I had to take charge of what that was. And um, I was doing U.S. Center Claire McCaskill's race at the time. and, And I was done with the race. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I went to Women's Employment Network, which is a nonprofit in Kansas City that helps women get back um, into work. And they had matched me with a life coach. Yes. Okay, I missed that part. That's awesome. And the life coach, ironically, so I have this connection to 1997. So a couple things happened in 1997. Selena passed away in 1997, and Princess Diana passed away in 1997. Oh, my gosh, that's right. So at some point when I talk to people, I feel like I'm stuck in 1997. It's just my thing. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so, but you have connections to yes, the times in your life. I right, do. Right. And so I'm sitting there in this room, and um, ironically, the woman used to be the chief of staff for the foundation for Princess Diana. This is crazy, right? That is wonderful. And she looks at me. She says, well, Classy, describe yourself as an animal. And I just look at her like, this is, wait, what? Like, I thought we are talking about my life. And she's like, no, we have to start with where you want to be. Nice. And I was like, okay. So it's been a very long time. The first, yeah, I was very just blown away by that question. And then I decided the image that came to my mind was a butterfly. You know, you're always transforming. You're always at a state of crawling to, you know, birth and being a butterfly. And I said, but it has to be a fiery butterfly because I feel like wherever I go, there's this energy. You do. You have this that, very Leo energy. Yeah, I don't I know if you're a Leo or not, but. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Everywhere I go, I, the energy just, just comes. And I said, so, yeah, I guess I have to be a fiery butterfly of joy I love that and that's when I discovered this just uprising of excitement and joy and happiness and pleasure and and I decided I'm going to choose a new story it's still me Mm -hmm. but I'm going to decide that I will work to change my life so I started doing yoga Mm -hmm. And those last five minutes of the deep breathing and the meditation, I just loved it. So then I decided, oh, my gosh, I have to know more about meditation. Mm -hmm. And I went to Women's Employment Network. They have an annual fundraiser um, called the Win Luncheon. And I was set at the table with Diane Brenneman, who is a meditation teacher here in Kansas City. And uh, we just were, I just like, I feel your positive energy. It was like one of those things where like the earth came together. Yeah. And um, I went on meditation retreats and learned about the, the neuroscience of meditation. And when I learned about that, I said, oh, my God, I have to tell the world. I yeah, have to tell the right, world right. about this. Right. And I'm wondering, did you contact your brothers and sisters about this, your family? Were you able to reach them about it? 
No, I mean, my family's pretty old school in that way. I mean, I think still when you talk about meditation, people still think it's hocus pocus or it's like sort of because people can't see it, you know. Right. But in reality, it's just a form of prayer. It's a form of meditation. It's a form of focus. It's a form of really allowing yourself to fill your emotions, which is something I did not do for the first 25 years of my life. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of running from those emotions right. rather than embracing it. So several things really strike me about your story. First of all, I don't know if you realize, but a, a butterfly, when it's making that transformation, completely dissolves. Mm. That body becomes this gooey mass, and from that it's rebuilt. So it has to completely deconstruct. And second of all, you really just made this conscious choice yeah. of joy. You just said, I, I don't choose this story anymore. I choose a new story. And how has that transformed your life? Completely. Um, I've been recently going on this journey, so mind, body, and soul, and spirit, right? So get my soul together, my mind together. My body is my last step to becoming that full butterfly. And so I just started doing um, Hitch Fit about two months ago. I've lost about 20 pounds. Good for you. But I've been going through this process joyfully. Mm -hmm. And I'm not seeing what I can't have. I'm seeing... I have 20 pages of what I can have, but also looking at food as a space of joy and not looking at a space of surrendering or as a space of numbing myself. Because I grew up in a household that many others do where, you know, food was happened when, when I was sad, when I was happy. So because I didn't know which one to choose at doors, I just chose it all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was a place for layering myself with padding, right? Because I need to be protected because I've been through so much pain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Interesting. And I I just love all of the things that you've, that have come about out of your your whole story. And I feel like it's not done yet. No, no, it's not done. Yeah. And so you've brought this sense of joy to everything. And I love, now, full disclosure, Class A was involved in the foster system, the yes. foster um, MFCAA, the yes. foster and adopt the organization that runs that system. And I'm a former foster parent. And I just love that you're able to bring this sense of joy and fulfillment and everything to this organization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that was really terrific. And um, that how joy is just a choice. And you're like, we were talking at the Central Exchange and mm-hmm. we're just like connected over this so strongly. It's like, preach it, sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we decided immediately, you've got to come and talk about joy. Yeah. And so how do you feel joy has really impacted you? How has it, how has it changed you? Well, I know it's changed because people around me respond to me differently. Yes. Tell me about that. um, My sister, who I've been um, not really having a very close relationship with her, and usually when she'd come to me, I'd be like, okay, what can I do? How how can I help you? Yeah. Just in a way that was almost um, not really helping her by doing, like, by helping her so much. So um, instead, what I chose to do is just come to her from a space of no judgment right? and unconditional love right? and just honestly right. say to her, she has a question, you know what? I can't fulfill that. Just being honest. Yeah. But doing it in a way that showed that I really cared for her. And I remember one day we were talking, she said, you know, you've been so joyful nowadays. Now I don't know, you know, half time what I should ask, ask you or what's, you know, how we should interact with each other and. And I would just remind her that I love you unconditionally. And I think that people struggle, you know, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a coworker. 
And right. if you feel like someone has hurt you or you feel like someone doesn't like you or you feel like all these things are happening. And, and I always remind people that that actually has nothing to do with them. They just, right. they just happen to be there, right? Yeah. So instead, yeah. one of my number one things I tell people is create the intention for your life. The moment you wake up is the moment you can decide how your day is going to be. Yeah. And I think when you create it from intent of I am joy, and then you're able to really live that, then people can see it. Then all of a sudden, going to class you for this isn't doesn't even make any sense. Or my response is not coming from a space of anger. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's look into that. When you start responding that way, people don't know how to respond. And right. they naturally almost calm themselves down. And they're like, oh, let's look at it a different way. Then that's how you move forward. I love that because you've just got this confidence. You've got this. It's easy to talk to you. You know that type mm-hmm. of thing. And then um, you exude this this I don't know this this calm presence, calm joyful presence. And that's got to affect other people. Yeah. And I'll bet your family had a hard time just knowing who you were anymore once you made this conscious decision. <sighs> Absolutely. And I say um, so. My mother's been in um, geriatric care for. Since I've been born, right? Wow. So when most kids went to summer school, I went to nursing homes, which means I saw a lot of death and dying and in the dementia units. And one day Miss Jones was there, the next day Miss Jones wasn't there. Yeah. And I think that as a child, when you experience that, you understand how how you should want to be. And Mm -hmm. recently I read... um, there was a study that came out through um, the School of Medicine, and it did a study on women in Europe over 85. And it asked them, you know, what was their biggest fear in life? Yeah. You know, was it that they were getting older, that mm-hmm. they may be dying, mm-hmm. that their body's not going the way that they want it to be, that they maybe are losing their motor skills and all of this? And it was none of that. It, it was actually about the biggest regret was that I did not decide to be myself. Wow. And so when I think about that, and then I see that on the flip side. So I recently, um, last week, did a meditation session with 50 15-year-old girls in school. And we we were talking about um, stress and anxiety. And when you see the numbers of suicides, the numbers of depression in our teens has increased 30% in the last three years, which is crazy. And I asked... All of these girls, who here is feeling stress? Who here is feeling anxiety? Who here is feeling so much pressure that they don't even know how to function? And when you see 90% of girls raise their hand. Oh, that's horrible. So you realize that at some point, there's this 15-year-old girl who does not know how to be. And then you have these women over 85 that don't know how to be. Wow. So at some point wow, yeah. through meditation where you find yourself, yeah, it's like if I could just spread a little bit more of that and then more it. women and girls and men could know just how to be themselves. Yes. Because it's the silence that's killing us. It is. It is. The fear of people's reactions to who we really are. And the reality is we should really start to step into ourselves and see what we like. I've spent a lot of time alone with myself. I have this little quote chart and one and one of them says spend a little bit of time alone with yourself every day i love that and so um i consciously think about how may i spend time alone with myself that could be drinking coffee 
our tea, I love tea, yeah. um, or that could be sitting down with my nieces or nephews mm-hmm. and just talking to them about their own day. <laughs> or it could be going out with a friend, and, or it could be um, recently I've <laughs> been going on my journey to find more joy, and I call the term be delicious, right? Nice. So how do we savor life authentically? Yeah. And uh, it's a self-care group, and um, one of them was goat yoga, which was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Really? The goats, I don't know, they just move around. Yeah. Yeah. They they just, you know, move around in a way that, come eat my shirt and try to do yoga pose. It's really funny. (laughs) Um, but then I went paintballing also, which was a lot of fun. You know, I have always wanted to do that. (gasps) Oh, you have to do that. That sounds like so much fun. And so I've been really doing a, an ex, ex, exploration on, like, what is classy like? Because once you go through it. the last five years, I've been doing this this work. And now I'm to the point where I feel happy, whole, and healed. And I just think as leaders, we almost experience something like this because so many people feel stuck. Or they feel like they can't use their voice in um, the five-second rule has saved my life in many ways because as a as a professional when people see me I look very young you um, do yeah and so sometimes people translate that to oh well maybe she doesn't know as much as I think she does or <laughs> whatever people think and so I've used the five second rule to really push through any of those judgments now what is this I know the five second rule about dropping food oh I have a feeling <laughs> you're not talking about that no oh yeah what is the five second rule so the five second rule is mill Robbins has a book called The Five Second Rule, mm-hmm. and you literally count backwards five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. So that's, I guess, it's how long it takes your brain uh, to talk yourself out of something. Oh, interesting. So, can you give me an example? Ooh, um, yes. I was in a meeting with KPRS. So I do a project called Right Fight. Yes. K- KC on on K- KPRS, which impacts about. Uh, 300,000 people every time, yeah. which is sort of crazy. That's crazy, yeah. And um, we were talking about the opioid crisis. And it's like, well, how deep should we go into this? You know, how far should we really talk about it? And there is some fear about, you know, people on the radio, they're just listening to the radio, like, is this too, too deep? Or should we really stay more surface level and talk about the symptoms? And I'm in this meeting with 15 other amazing experts and people. And I was like, all right, Classy, I got to speak up and really talk about how, like, everyday people are dealing with the opioid crisis. And so I'm in this meeting and I'm like, okay, deep breathing deeply. <laughs> I'm like, four, five, four, three, two, one. It's like, well, we have to talk about this and we have to talk about that. And we have to talk about you know, bring on a parent who's dealing with a child that's going through, through that, add on some really hard questions. Um, if you see the signs, how do you step up or maybe even the platform of social media? If you see a child or a coworker that's like, oh, today sucks. But they post that every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, should I step in and help? Maybe and intervene there, like? yeah. right? Right. So, the, so if I understand correctly, the five five-second rule is like gather taking a breath yes right breathing is so important but taking a breath and then just gathering that courage and then coming up with a plan yes it's like because sometimes we just take that five-second rule and it turns to 10 seconds 
and oh, then yeah. 20 seconds. And then we just, all right, well, that moment is gone, and I'm not going to bring it up. Yes. Right? So just taking that courage. Yes, it I is. I like all that. about that. That sounds a lot healthier than <laughs> dropping the food and picking it up and eating <laughs> You know, and I, and I was reading about that, how there's like 5,000 germs when you do it. But whatever. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably fine. <laughs> no, this sounds like so much more healthy um, where we we oftentimes, and, you know, in my work as a, as a medium, I'll c- connect with a, a symbol or something and then ask somebody, okay, how do you resonate with that? And it's always the first thing, mm-hmm. the first thing, that first impulse, that first thought. And even in hypnosis, it's like, tell me the first thing that you're seeing in this scenario. So, And that's always the truth yeah. because you connect with it immediately. And so that five-second rule is like, take a breath, connect with that that first thought that comes in because that's that's your gut instinct yeah and we talked about that and I I led trust your gut at the central exchange it was uh, part of how we connected and so <clears throat> that first impulse is like the truth your truth and yeah. you just take a breath and connect with it and go with it because when you squelch that you you stuff it down yes. right and then you disconnect from your authentic self your authenticity so i've used the five second rule to go to the gym like on a friday night i love that you can talk yourself out of going to the gym so fast friday night i'm like "Mm, right i could watch netflix right popcorn and then i've also used it in public speaking oh yeah so this year i've gotten so many requests to do public speaking whether it's on leadership or being a woman leader and when you think about i did debate but i used to stutter as a child really bad and I remember my mom said to me why don't you do debate and I just thought this is crazy I have to now talk and do nine rounds of talking and I stutter but really I found that with fear you have to take it like first in the face you do and you have to step through it and something I started doing was winning awards and like it's the funniest thing winning awards in debate and then going on to be student body president at UMKC was crazy because then I was public speaking almost every week. And so yeah. it just kept growing and growing where it's like, well, I don't fear it anymore. But <laughs> when I started out, it was very fearful. Yeah. And you just have to do it. Yes. If you let that fear win, then you're just going to retreat into yourself and not connect with your authenticity. But you just face that mm-hmm. fear, step through it and get on the other side. And the rewards are huge. Yes. A huge rewards from just stepping in and embracing your, your true self. Um, and so when we were talking earlier, we were talking about the story. And you had a story that you could have easily let define you. You had a story growing up that you could have adopted as truth. And many people have these stories that they just adhere to. It's getting out of that story and telling a new story. Mm-hmm. That is the reward. So if somebody, if you see somebody who's struggling with their story, what might you tell them to have them consider an alternative, maybe, to open up to joy? Like, Ooh, yeah. If, I think, you know, I learned this. you know this, what I mean? Yes. Am I making sense there? Absolutely. Okay, good, good. I would say to them, almost taking a technique from being mindful and talk about how do you want to be now? Yeah, how do you want to be now? I like and that. And I think that when people, because people will know, like, man, I would love to be happy. Yeah. Or I would love to have more confidence. And it's like, okay, well, you can do two things. You can take the story that you've been saying 
and think of it from a space of love. Because mm-hmm. then it's not as painful. Right. And understand that your story is how you are here today. Mm-hmm. If I didn't go through what I went through as a child, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to accomplish all the things I had in such a short amount of time. Because I would have been probably very spoiled, probably very much like, oh, you know, whatever, and probably not the best student. But really, that experience, I used fear and it pushed me. It was like, we don't think I'm good enough or I'm going to show you how good I am. Yeah. Right? And then, but what happened earlier in my 20s was I pushed myself so hard that I had to have a breakdown to get through it. So I had to literally get to the bottom of myself emotionally and say, why is this public classy, this happy classy, but man, this private classy is just a mess. I come home, I'm crying, I'm angry at everyone, I'm upset all the time. I'm taking everything so personally when it really is those patterns in myself that I had never addressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to take that story and tell it in a different way, in a compassionate way, in order to connect with that compassion and that joy underneath it. Mm -hmm. Because that's our natural state, isn't it? It it is, but I think that our intergenerational patterns, what we inherit from our parents, our parents' parents, and... Um, you know, I was on the board for Resilient K- KC with the chamber, and we talked about ACEs scores and child at first trauma. And, and a lot of people, when you say trauma, they're like, oh, my God, this must have been something really dramatic, like abuse or something like that. And reality is trauma is really, to me, anything that's prolonged stress. I think so, too. Yes. yes everybody's got their own trauma. and. Yes. You know, one is not any more serious or less serious than another. I mean, because it's all something that has stressed us and caused us to retreat into ourselves. My favorite example is learning about the generations, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I was in an event at Central Exchange, and the presenter was talking about how every generation is the opposite of of the generation before, which really cracks me up, because all that means is that... That's why when you say, oh, well, back in the day, they weren't listening to me. And, and so when you think about the baby, the baby boomers, their parents mm-hmm. before were, you know, working hard and really stressing them out the importance of school and, and really didn't have a lot of money. And then you have the baby boomers who get really successful. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, here's money. And, but it's, it's a weird way of responsibility that's different from the generation before. So now you have the millennial gener- generation that definitely is, is in that point of, you know, work is, is not my life. And I think that's a totally different concept. It is a different unique. concept, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And instead, work just happens to be a part of who I am. It's not all of my life. So when I meet people who have worked at the same job for 20 years, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That will never be me. Like, if I stayed a job for more than, you know, five years, that should be a shock as a as a millennial because our brains are constantly, like, innovative and constantly thinking of, like, other ways to expand our experiences. There are plenty of people Absolutely. I know who work in fields that have nothing to do with their degrees. <laughs> I'm just like, what do you do? What happened? Right. And any more, yeah, me too. Anybody who's been working for like more than 10, 15 years, I'm like, how is that anymore? (laughs) And I'm a baby boomer, which is crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, if I could, I would love to bottle what you've done. (laughs) 
right? And market it for other people who are attached to their trauma, attached to their story, don't realize that joy could be theirs, that they Mm -hmm. could even achieve joy. And it's like, I just want to get inside your brain, Classy, (laughs) and like distill this quality and and manufacture it and share it. So if you have anything else that you would like to say to people who might be struggling, who might be so married and embedded in their story that they can't see out of it. Yes. Is there anything else you might want to, like as a takeaway? Yeah. I think I have a couple of takeaways. One is spend a day in Silence. So go out to the park. Go get a hotel. Go. You can even go to Crown Center, you know, just to a space where no one knows you and really take a notebook with you and start to reflect on the emotions that come into your body. So I did a lot of this when I started doing this work. There's a technique in meditation called shifting your emotions. And so mm-hmm. at some point, I'm in anger, and then I choose to accept it's okay. It's a natural human emotion. Mm-hmm. Then I shift myself to love or joy. And I encourage people to do this because we are so consumed in other people's emotional sandboxes. That's what I call them. I love, I love that, yeah. That we can fill mm-hmm. ourselves and so many other people's things, and then we have nothing left to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do more of is spend time by ourselves. And then when you spend time by yourselves, these little things will start to pop in your head that you've never even heard before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, this is what I like about myself. This is why I'm angry at Dan. Or this is why... And all of a sudden, you're starting to process instead of holding it down. And not talking about it because you're filling yourself with other people's stuff. I went on this journey last year. I went on a girls trip to Branson. Mm -hmm. And I decided in that moment, I'm going to be at silence for 12 hours a day. With a group of girls. Yes, with a group of girls. It's possible. So I can't How did that work? You know, they went on and did their own thing. And I was like, you know, I'm in my room. I got my music going. I'm just going to be in silence and then in the evening of course I was not but right but it but it was definitely a way for me to step inside of myself and in that moment I received messages and one was end toxic stress in your life Mm -hmm. people places things and I wrote a list of people places and things good for you and in that moment I said the bus stops with me I'm done Mm mm-hmm and so when those people, places, or things would contact me and say, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. What happened? And I'd say, I'm trying to find joy. And I just realized that you're not in that journey. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't yeah. mean that at some point we will connect again, which will happen. Because mm-hmm. some folks were family and um, mm-hmm. some folks were best, best friends. But at the end of the day, if I don't know myself, nothing about this matters. I want to be me. I want to know me. I love that. So the silence piece is key. And then the second piece um, I would tell people is to decide the positive affirmation that you want to start your day with. And that really Mm -hmm. is about intention setting. So I always wake up, I meditate for 20 minutes, and then I say, what do I want to set for the day? And it changes every day. But I'll say, I want to be joyful. 
And what that means that even when things come at work or at home that are a little bit sticky, that in, in the past would have really caught me in these emotional loops and mental loops where I couldn't get out of them. It's like, okay, how can I handle this in a way that's joyful? And I don't expect any punishment. I don't expect any negativity. I drop that. And it's like, just accept being in that moment. I love that. So that's something I like, love, love to do. And then, um, and then I check in with myself probably after lunch and after dinner because then I'm trying to figure out, okay, how am I feeling? Because I'm not saying that, you know, people can't impact me. I'm just saying with meditation, mm-hmm. I've become more resilient from it. You really do. And yeah. so it's like, okay, Dan is mad and that's how Dan is or that's how Dan chooses to be. But I choose to be joy. Right. It doesn't affect you. Yes. Yeah. And what I love about joy is that it's so expansive and it almost reminds me I had a quote um with Maya Maya Angelou right Angelou yeah and it talked about how she said like people they know people don't ever remember your name they don't remember your title right but people remember the way that you make them feel yes and so if I can just be that one light in darkness then that's my goal if I can use social media as a tool to be light and I know there's been a lot of uh, talk about people getting off their social media channels and uh, it's too negative but I always think about if we cannot shine in our joy and our love mm-hmm. absolutely then we can sort of counterbalance the negativity that happens we can't we don't have to participate in it yeah we really don't and that's something that I teach too is like if somebody's got an energy that you don't resonate with that's causing you stress you don't have to stay around and participate in it absolutely we have no obligation we do have an obligation to be kind but we don't have to stick around and participate in it and there's so many things that from your from your description of this journey that just really strike me it's in so many teachings and it's out there like in the open like Mm kind of like the secret was talking about abraham hicks talks about telling a different story that it shifts the energy. So that's in Abraham Hicks. Matt Kahn, uh, I don't know if you know that that teacher, but he's wonderful. He talks about whatever arises, love that. If anger's coming up, thank you, anger, for showing me where I need to make adjustments. Thank you for teaching me where I'm resisting and I'm holding things. Absolutely. You know, there's so much. You've taken just all the gleanings of all these wonderful, wonderful teachings and kind of made it your own. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any plans to... Maybe write a book or something. Yes. You know, seriously, that's awesome. So I have to say Ethel Davis, who's the CEO of uh, VZD um, Capital, um, is an amazing woman. And I remember seeing her speak um, at an event during Global Entrepreneurship Week. And what she said was that every woman should have at least seven companies, right? Seven different things that create money so if one thing fails it's okay you have six other things that can fulfill whatever you want that's awesome and so i decided that for 2019 it must be a year of prosperity for me so um i definitely want to write a book i definitely want to provide meditation to kansas city love it i definitely want to um con- consult um, model yeah. and uh, be just continue being an amazing woman leader and working at Central Exchange because 
I think there's something about the energy when you have like-minded people together and we're all expressing our pain, but we're also expressing our triumph moments. Absolutely. And that's powerful. Right, because we share in it all. And when we are sharing someone's trauma, well, we do take that on. But when we share each other's joy, we take that on too. Mm -hmm. Someone's empowerment, someone's uh, hope. We take that on. That's kind of why I started this podcast yes. is so that we could discover what we can radiate and just connect with the people who come to talk about these positive things. Um, man, it's, it's so fun to sit and talk with you and share your well, energy. Thank you. You've got amazing energy. I don't man, know if people know. listening to this can, <laughs> can pick up on this amazing energy that you've got. I wish I could distill it and bottle up and sell it. Well, <laughs> I will say this is my favorite story. So um, my great-grandmother, who was blind my whole life, And she had, you know, 22, 30, just tons of grand grandkids running around. And she would always have me walk her. And just imagine being eight years old and you're like, my sister's, you know, 10 and 12. And I'm like, all these other people can walk you. Why am I the only one who always has to walk you, right? As I'm eight years old. And she says to me, I will never forget this. You are the best seer. Wow. And I didn't understand that I was growing up because I could be at the grocery store and a woman would come up to me and just start crying. And I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on. Or, or even my work through working with abuse and neglected children, how I could work with kiddos who've been through so much pain. Yes. But I saw their light. And I was like, I know everyone's saying you're bad. Everyone's saying this and that or that you're shy or that you're depressed, but I know there's some light in you. And so I think that, you know, essentially I've been blessed with this tool um, that people feel just acceptance around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's yeah. why I've worked in crisis management for so long in my career, because when most people talk about a crisis, there's this level of stress that pops up. And for me, I get the most calmest and just the most like focus. And I'm like, okay, let's get this done. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's just something I've been born with that. And even with the name classy, you know, always, (laughs) people always say like, don't you love your name? And I was like, well, at times I didn't because people never forget me. But at times that's good because people never forget me. (laughs) But at times I just want to be like. Just, I just want to go have lunch by myself and no one comes and up and says, like, classy. And it's like, you know, I accept it is what it is. And and I've definitely been growing out my social media channel. So I'm very grateful when someone, and I heard this from, oh, my God, the most beautiful message I ever got was from a woman a couple months ago. And she said, you know, I had some rough times. And she was going mm-hmm. through a divorce. And she said, but every time... I feel super depressed. I go to your page. And I just never thought of my page as being um, mm-hmm. being this inspirational tool. And she said, you know, I, I'm grateful for you. And I'm just like, this is a woman from Oklahoma. Like, how, how do I how, even, Right. How, how do I know you? Yeah. Know that I can impact people in that way. But, you know, my, my journey is, even though I feel like I've done a lot, um... God, there's so much more that I have to accomplish. And I used to say um, that every day I'm alive that I'm dying, right? Which is not a great way. When we're born, we start to die. But 
But then I always think about, okay, so if I know that, how am I going to rock it every day? You know, like, (laughs) how am I going to be like, just great every day? And really strive to be joyful in the midst of. And I know that this will be one of many experiences because I've put into my energy to just radiate everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that is it. That is it. It's a choice, a conscious choice, and I love that we get to choose that. And you get to just choose how you want to show up and how you want to be and how you want people to see you Yeah, and recognize you. I, I love that. And I do think your page is really awesome. You totally <laughs> rock it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of positivity, a lot of hope, and a lot of just shining, shining, shining. You don't really... Seem to let things get you down, and or if they do, you don't. You just process it. Yeah, and, you know? and I admit it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do something called Joyful Tuesdays on my Instagram, and I'll and I'll be in my car eight o'clock in the morning, and I just whatever pops in my brain. And one week I was getting really hard on myself that I wasn't doing something right. I wasn't closing things fast enough, and I wasn't doing this. I wasn't doing that. I was like, you know, sometimes leaders we struggle with not thinking that we're that we're doing a good job. We do. Absolutely. Like, the numbers aren't coming in the way that I want them to. This is not happening the way I wanted to. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that for a day. Sure. I'm let myself take that for a day. Mm-hmm. But then I have to agree that tomorrow is going to be different. And yeah. I'll have to just say, I'm going to create a new plan. And that's it. Yeah. Exactly. And then you just keep on moving. You have to keep on, yes, like Dory says in Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Because what's the alternative? Honestly, what is the alternative? You stop swimming and you get stagnant and that cannot happen, right? We need to keep moving. Um, You sent me an article in preparation for this about a 75-year Harvard study. Yes. Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? That study was interesting because they followed about 400 people and was trying to find out really the essence of joy from different wealth levels. And what they found was that the key to happiness is other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And another key of of, hap- of happiness is accepting pain, like yeah. accepting that not everything's going to go right. And I thought that was an interesting study because I think when people think about happiness, they just think about every day, there's no trials and tribulations, you know, like there's exactly. no waves. And it's like, no, the waves always come. But the key is how do you recover? And Sometimes that's with yourself, but sometimes that's with others. I like that it talked about mm-hmm. how if you're having a bad day, spend time with someone that you really love. And I think that helps. That makes a huge yeah. difference. What we were talking about earlier that, you know, if you're participating in somebody else's pain, then you're going to feel pain. If you participate in other people's joy and triumph, then you're feeling joy and triumph. So having people around you to help share that, yeah. to help share the ups and the downs. And I think that really does help. And, uh, you know, I kind of, we we talked about it a little bit before we started recording about, well, would this be radiating resiliency? No, and then we decided we're going to keep radiate joy because I think once we always turn our face toward the joy, that that is resiliency. Absolutely. Knowing that the dark days are not all of the story. It has to be dark before the sun comes out right right the caterpillar has to completely dissolve before it can begin to create its wings 
right? And uh, even the butterfly, when it comes out of the cocoon, I love metaphors. Yes. So it comes out of the cocoon, and the wings are wet, and it has to sit there and breathe a minute and get before it can even take off. So sometimes we just have to stop, deconstruct. Yes. Build up, and then breathe. Take a moment. Five seconds. Yes. <laughs> and then we, then we take off with our beautiful wings. Oh, gosh, I love that metaphor. Is there anything else that maybe we haven't talked about? Anything else you want to add? Anything else that uh, you think is important to mention? Well, I think something's important that um, about stress and anxiety. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, let's yeah let's talk about that for a minute because I think that people think that to live a perfect life shouldn't have either of them, right? And there was another another study um, that talked about people who are happy in the midst of something, and mm-hmm. I think that is they stress a lot about accepting stress and anxiety are normal, mm-hmm. and I think in this country um, we've really talked a lot about you know if you're feeling anxiety that's bad and I think we really have to start talking about how that's more normal like how if you're not if you're not responding in a way that you want to that's not really great either (laughs) right it's having a healthy response to the stress response the stress response is inevitable it's hardwired into our bodies because we have the reptilian brain that keeps us alive, that mm-hmm. lets us know when predators are around. We have the vagal nerve that goes from the brain to the gut that is responsible for the stress response. And so it's hardwired into us. We have self-preservation, and that's, you know, that's really where all of that stems from. But our self-preservation mechanism within the body doesn't know the difference yes. between, watch out, you're getting too close to the cliff, or I've got a deadline and my boss is yelling at me. Right, So stress is going to be inevitable, and our body responds to it the same way, no matter what the stress is. And so, and I, that's what I liked about the Harvard study. Yes. It talked about how it's how we recover from the stress. Yes. And whether we get, and again, it's going back to telling the story. If you get stuck in the story, or if you say, well, that was just one chapter, the next chapter is going to be much better. Or you tell the story in a different way, and then you are able to be more resilient and get out of that stress response and not let it define you. Because Mm -hmm. chronic stress is toxic in the body. Yes. Causes so many problems. That's why meditation is so good. Helps us lower our blood pressure. Helps us sleep better, which is much healthier. Yes. Helps us focus better and make better choices because we're not stressed. We make Poor choices when we're in stress. Um, helps our immune system because the immune system responds directly to stress. So that's why it is it is just a panacea for many, many different things because it helps us recover from the stress response. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're teaching that to 15-year-olds. Well, you have to. I always feel like if, yeah. whenever I talk to people about meditation, the number one thing they say is, man, I wish I would have known that when I was your age. <laughs> right? So now I'm like, man, I wish we would have known that when I was 15. Yeah. How much more further along when you think of all that stress and pressure and all the other girls and your grades and academic pressure, it's like, Wow. But if I learned how to fine-tune that, like, okay, I'm stressed about this test, that's good. Feed into that stress. It's okay. Like, we can get this done. Mm -hmm. But then the flip side of it is you always think about how other people's stressors hit you. They do, don't they? Yes. And I I was um, speaking at the Chamber of Commerce um, 
having a discussion with professionals about the power of meditation within the workplace. Thank you. I love that. Someone had asked a question. You know, I have this coworker who drives me crazy. And I just feel like she hates me. And they're in two different departments. She's like, Classy, what should I do? And I literally responded her with, create your intention for the day. It's a way that you show up to her. Mm -hmm. But then the second piece of that is that people can only give to you what they have. Yeah. We have grown up in spaces and families where a lot of those trauma-filled things are silenced. Well, don't talk about that. Right. What stays in our house stays in our house. And what has happened is we end up being emotionally unaware of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we expect to become adults and do everything right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, that's not going to happen. So, you know, I always encourage um, parents and teenagers and and kiddos to if you're feeling upset it's okay to say i need a moment like it's okay to pause it's it's okay and i think that so many times you're looking at the impacts of how like mirror neurons happen Mm -hmm. um where it's like oh my god he's angry and then i get really angry and then just we're all angry and then it's like or we can really choose not to be angry and just say oh okay i hear you it's all right Mm -hmm. and then choose to take a moment and it's okay to walk away. It's because okay. people think that in meditation that it's like, oh, you just think life is flowers and wild. And it's no. like, it's not that at all. It's saying, if I come into a space that's extremely negative, I can choose how I want to respond. Absolutely. I can be angry with that person. I can come in joyful. Or I can say, you know what? This energy is on a space I don't even want to be at. And I'm going to choose to walk away. Yeah, I just need a break. I will I'll respond to you, but I need a moment to collect myself, you know, to connect with how I'm really feeling about this. And it's this. so powerful because yes, we talk it? about the words that we use. And I think when it comes to even by gender, you know, a man is strong, a man is this. But then when you talk about a woman, it's like, well, a woman's weak. Like we all, we, we automatically shift our, our vocabulary to putting people in spaces that aren't even spaces that they ask to be in. And mm-hmm. instead, there has to be a space of, you know, Stacy comes to work and Stacy has great opinions. Mm-hmm. How do we become micro-sponsors for each other and help ourselves in these spaces yeah. so that our language is not um, gender-related and it's just you being you? Micro sponsor. I'm going to steal that. I love that. Oh, so good. It's like cheerleaders, but <laughs> micro sponsor. I love that. We have to do that for each each other. We absolutely yeah. do. Right, because we're not in a vacuum. You right. know, we are not. Oh man, that's really good. Micro sponsor. Um, you know, I teach meditation at Hallmark um, headquarters here in Kansas City, and another company in Olathe. Um, and we're finding the people who come regularly to meditation, they're surprised to find that they react differently mm-hmm. to their coworkers. They take that space. They realize that they're kind of self-imposing this. It's like. I'm just going to take a breath before I respond. Whereas before that they started having that mindfulness, they would have just reacted, matched energy with energy. And then they're realizing that they're just kind of naturally falling into this because they've got that space within them that allows for it. They just, it's like they take the space before they respond and before before they react. And they're finding that people react to them differently. Their relationships are improving Mm -hmm. because they don't have this habitual 
kind of response, yeah. right? And with some of the people who've been coming really regularly, I see a difference in their faces. They look softer. They yeah. look younger. They look more friendly and approachable. More free. More I free. call it freedom. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. They look more free. Uh, yeah. Yes. Don't they? Because their eyes are, like, not mean anymore. Yeah. Their brow is softer. They just look so much more approachable and so much more like someone you would want to interact yes. with. Right? That's so true. And I always say, like, if there's ever a a conflict with a coworker, or you feel like someone's judging you at work, um, I also recommend people to go have coffee with them. Because awesome. when you go have coffee, you're off in another space, mm-hmm. and you can really just authentically connect with someone. And then you'll find out the anger has nothing to do with you. You just may look like their sister, right? You may trigger <laughs> them. You may right. trick Because really, that's what we're, ta- we're triggering each other all day mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And then we expect to come home and not be triggered by everything else that's happening at home. Right. So instead of we start out with, you know what, I'm just going to be honest and figure out what's going on. And, and one of the women who, I, who I've been um, working with is a good friend of mine. And she had this coworker. And so she went and had coffee with her and just found out that her coworker's going through a divorce. Right? Oh, my goodness. And so it wasn't really her. Yeah. It was the fact that she's carrying so much stress. Stress. And she said the moment they found it out, she said, we started laughing. Like, she was like, we're in the coffee shop. We started laughing with each other. Oh, my God. And then because she said, you know, I thought you've been mad at me this whole time. And she's like, no, I'm just stressed. And then yeah. all of a sudden now they're connection, you know, now they're meeting for coffee more like once a month. And, and they just, can support each yes. other. Right. She can support this woman instead of. You know, be antagonized yes. by her. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's just being the micro-sponsor. Yes. You know? And we, you know, that, that's just another testimony for being authentic. Yes. You know? Oh, there's so many things that are coming to mind right now. Well, first of all is the, the four agreements. I don't know if you're familiar with that little book. And I'm going to botch this horribly. Oh, but yeah. basically, it's, uh, you know, always be authentic. Always be, you know, true to your word. Show integrity. Um, don't take anything personally. And it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. In Sunday school, I tell the kids that, you know, the bullies, they don't, don't take it personally. Because they're just feeling mad, bad, or sad. Yes. That's the only reason anybody's mean to anybody else. Is they're mad, bad, or sad. So, you know, they're just so admired in their own story that they cannot see out of it. Yeah, and with social media, it's been amplified. Because now, like when I was growing up, I think texting had just started at the point. Yeah. And, but there wasn't a lot of like mean texting. Like people weren't like, oh, that girl's wearing a crazy shirt. Oh, you know, whatever. Right. But now with social media, it's like international bullying. So you have like, not only the kids at your school, but then you have like, the kids from the school over from you and just like just really difficult and I have 22 nieces and nephews so for me um, talking to them about joy and like getting in tune with their emotions is so important because they're going to be dealing with stuff on a whole higher more intense level than I ever did as a teenager there's so much anger in comments there's so much anger in posting and then you have things like snapchat where you go in and you you know you're as uh, negative as as can be and then it's gone yes you don't have to live with the consequence of it right you don't have to experience what the fallout is you can go in and be nasty and then get it out of your system but it's already affected somebody 
Yeah, it is. It is. And so navigating through that. Well, Classy, I could sit and talk to you all day, clearly. <laughs> yes. And we have so much uh, commonality here. I feel like we're, we're kind of uh, reading the same stuff and taking in the same type of information. And you just, like, inspire so many thoughts within me. So this is wonderful, and I'm glad you, you do are doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for being on today. I'm I would so love excited. to have you back sometime. <laughs> and we definitely need to keep in contact and maybe do some projects together. That'd be fun. Absolutely. Well, thank awesome. you. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for Classy Alcine, Radiating Joy. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.